I have a small liberal woman brain, so can someone please tell me if I've got this right? Because of Trump's indictment, we now live in a police state. But also, Democrats defunded the police. And law and order is good unless it's 34 counts of fraud. And you can't trust federal investigations because they're biased, but so is a state grand jury. We should lock Hillary and Joe Biden up, but you shouldn't charge a presidential candidate with the crime. Hmm. What the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. Well, all right, everybody. How in the hell are you? It is the best month of the year. April is upon us. Hashtag my month. My name is Brian and I am feeling fantastic today. Best I've felt in quite some time. The new tradition of a seltzer water with an obnoxious amount of lime and a cool menthol vape pen is all I have as accessories today. This is the Stone On Air podcast for April 6th, 2023. I swear I might put enough lime in these seltzer waters that could possibly poison a young child. I'm not sure if citrus at a high level would poison a young child, but if there was a mount that would, it's the amount that I put in these waters, and they are saving my life. Hello, everybody. How are you? As I mentioned, I'm doing fantastic. The energy level is high. I'm feeling good on this, what will be Thursday at the time, the first opportunity you'll have to download this podcast, which comes each and every Thursday to thousands in the city of Chattanooga and the surrounding areas. I never do it. I always forget. I'll do it now. Rate and review if you don't mind. Anywhere there's an opportunity to do that, I ask of you to do so. If you ask me to rate and review your podcast, the chances are I would maybe even legitimately think about it for a minute, and then I would forget, and then I would never do it. So if you don't want to do so either, well, then hell, I get it. But if you do find yourself in that kind of position, I would appreciate it. And I don't mean liking the post on Facebook. I mean the stuff uh, through the where you get the podcast, where you download it. If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. It's all good either way. So a lot to do today as this one came together quickly. Every single time I kind of think I don't know where I'm going, something starts to pile up to the point where I don't have Nearly enough time to get to everything. Quickly, the final segment of the show will be a combo version of stories maybe I shouldn't tell. I will only do these probably through the month of April for the next few weeks. I mentioned I'll have some, I have like 10, 11 of them, and I do. There's no reason to go past the month of April. So as long as it makes sense for the next couple of weeks, I'll continue to do that. This one, I think, I, I know I enjoyed the, t- the well, at least the process of, of writing them at the time, and I think they give a good uh, overall portrait of what the uh, treatment center that I was in was like. So we'll get the eating, excuse me, meeting and eating and the butt hut combo stories maybe I shouldn't tell in the third uh, segment of the show. In the middle segment of the show, TikTok mania is what I called it. And this was a little bit hotter of a button story about a week and a half ago, almost two weeks ago. But it's not going anywhere, and the only reason no one's talking about it specifically this moment is because of this Trump mess. And I will say right off the top, yes, I started with a little clip about Trump. I'm not going to do that. I don't do that kind of stuff here. I have decided to make this show mostly free of that kind of conversation because why? Primarily, I am bored with it. I am not entertained. I don't like listening to people talk about it, and I don't like talking about it myself. My buddy Clint sent me a message, uh, not a message, but a post on my wall that says, Brian, I understand politics is not your style, but you have an opinion listeners have to hear. Unapologetic, sober, and angry. And while, yes, in a former life, I would be more that 
unapologetic, angry type at a situation that we have going on here in New York and a national politics, a political entertainment complex that I want to have nothing to do with anymore. I'm disgusted with all of it. And thank you, Clint, for asking, but I need a radio show for that. That's not what this is for. This is more for having fun, for being serious at times, too, and touching on things that I think are worthwhile in the moment. And indictments in New York City and Trailer Park Green and Trump and whoever else doesn't interest me. So that's not anything I'm going to spend an amount of time on. But thank you very much for reaching out. Several things to get to here on the open. Three pieces of audio, the most relatable thing, the worst idea, and the coolest thing. All coming up in about 10 minutes from now, so I'll have to move quickly to get to all of that. I was cleaning out the garage, just started last weekend. It'll probably take about another week to get complete. I think I'll find a lot of cool things to to bring up here on the show over the course of that time frame. We'll see. So far, I ran into a ton of Track 29 ticket stubs that I'm gonna eventually going to put somewhere, some kind of frame, some kind of, um, uh, m- m- what am I trying to say, a collectible kind of uh, arrangement. And I also found an Enigma magazine from 1998. So more on that over the next uh, couple of weeks. It is my birthday next week. I'll be 43. It's my favorite time of year. Baseball started. The Braves are looking good. I've watched an unhealthy amount of WWE television over the past five or six days as there was WrestleMania all weekend, also with the regular shows SmackDown and Raw on Friday and Monday. Yes, I'm not afraid to admit that it's a show that I enjoy and always have. Enough stupid stuff out there for all of us. I watched about 13 hours of professional wrestling between Friday and Monday. Now, again, I'm not overly proud of it. I'm just telling you that's the truth. Um, the Bluegrass Festival, the Three Sisters Festival, a lot of people really excited about this. I am interested, not as excited as everybody else, but Green Sky Bluegrass is going to be the main headliner for the October Festival, the free riverfront. Uh, I think this is the 13th annual Bluegrass Festival. I've seen Blue uh, Green Sky before. They were all right. It was okay. It was at Moon River. Um, you know, I was a little bored by the end of it. That's kind of how a lot of bluegrass is for me. But right when it turns fall, right after we're all so sick and tired of the summer and uh, that first weekend of playoff ball is usually started in baseball. And then the uh, Three Sisters Blue- Bluegrass Festival is something that is circled on my calendar and a huge headliner with green sky bluegrass and what else the chattanooga market is returning at the end of the month order will finally be restored by the end of april the weekend of the 29th and the 30th i'm just making checklists as i go through here um boyd speedway was sold i had something pulled on that and i don't have it now it it doesn't matter um what the specifics are the specifics are specifics are it's going away now, maybe that's good, depending on who you ask. Right there on the um, right down the road from me, on the border of Georgia and Tennessee, right off of Suggs Road, I believe it is, off of Ringgold Road. I'm not sure if it's actually in Georgia or Tennessee, but I go to these, uh, or at least I did last year, and I intend to make it a regular stop, the pro wrestling in North Georgia. And we always talked about, me and the handful that go, or have talked about going, to go to some races at Boyd Speedway. And that's not going to happen, you snooze. And I definitely have lost on that one because that's not what they're going to do with that property. Whoever bought it, they're going to get rid of that and build, who knows, a hotel or a condo or a Bass Pro Shops too, or whatever the hell else they'll put in over there. Um, I had this highlighted from the other week, Weston Womp's car. He bought a $64,000 something or other. And then the county commission asked him, uh, you know, kind of questioned him about it. And he says, uh, let's see, quote, it's not like there hasn't been enough publicity around the vehicle that I'm driving that was acquired after we couldn't find a large vehicle anywhere in America, the mayor replied. Womp also took issue with uh, one of the commissioners claimed that the vehicle cost more than $70,000. Quote from Womp, the thing did not cost what you speculated it did. If you had called me, you're my commissioner. I would have told you the invoice was for $64,000. Oh, it wasn't seventy; dollars It was $64,000. A lot of money. I wish we could have bought a Tahoe for fifty grand, but at the time, we didn't even get to pick the color. We just had to pick the first one we could find. Yeah, because Weston Womp can't find the right car 
that he had to go with the seventy or sixty-four thousand dollar whatever gas guzzling machine that he's now driving around. Oh, I couldn't find a different one. That's the only one I could find. Yeah, sure thing there, uh, Budro. Um, a couple of things here. I want to get to a post on social I did today and a few things about uh, just follow up on the guns. I'm not mad about it today and the way Tennessee is reacting, so I'm not going to get off on any kind of tangents here. But a couple of things. The Speaker of the House here in the state, what's his name, uh, Cameron Sexton, compares the protest over the last week or so after the shootings in Nashville, the protests at the at the Capitol, he compares them to the January 6th riot. I don't know what kind of grandstanding this guy normally does. Maybe that's on brand for him. Or maybe, I don't know, words matter and rhetoric influences people to do things they wouldn't have normally done. I don't know, just maybe. Also, Tennessee Republicans move gun bills, basically all of them, the ones they want, the ones they don't want, whichever ones are presented in the state house, they've moved them all to next year. Well, isn't that convenient? Isn't that perfect? Right now, we're, we're bitching about TikTok and the indictments in New York, so I don't know why they wouldn't have maybe just, well, it's still pretty hot in Nashville right now, so I guess just move it off till next year, and it'll get lost in election shuffle. Hey. More of the political enter entertainment complex at work at its finest. Among them, as far as the bill, was a bill sponsored by so-and-so out of Cookville. Uh, this bill sought to allow school faculty and staff with 40 hours of firearm trainings training to possess a concealed handgun while on campus. Yeah, there we go. Let's, let's arm all the teachers. Now, what the governor is doing, sign every Bill Lee, I'm not so necessarily against at all, or I'm not against it at all. I just wonder what comes kind of missing and hidden inside some of these, um, these bills. Because the ones going across the United States about armed guards at schools are also, the federal bills are also including all teachers have guns too. It's not like just one or the other. It's like this, these bills are packed with all this other stuff. Uh, sign every bill. Lee pledges armed security guard at every school. These measures include enhanced legislation and funding to place an armed security guard at every Tennessee public school, boost public school security and public with public and private schools, and a bunch of money going all the way around. Thirty million to statewide homeland security, hundred and forty million to establish school resource officers uh, that, uh, in every in every school, twenty million for school security upgrades, and it goes on from there. And uh, that's fine. That's fine. As long as it's not packed with a bunch of other junk that, that people don't want, which is what makes politics so goddamn frustrating. And the other thing, real quick, the Budweiser can, the trans can, whatever the hell it is, I only saw a quick picture of it. I don't even know if it was a, the exact one, nor do I care. But I jumped on social just to say, listen, guys, on Facebook, I thought I had this thing more kind of cleaned up. But enough with the fake outrage around here. Nobody cares what kind of beer you're drinking. Certainly no one cares what kind of Kid Rock uh, or what kind of beer Kid Rock is drinking. And it was pretty quick and to the point. And it got kind of a lot of, of activity this afternoon. And um, most of it was silly nonsense. And I'm not going to go too far into it. But one here I thought was interesting. It came from a, a, a gal named Christy Powell. I thought I knew her at first, but no, I don't think I do. But it says, your feed is curated based on your own data and activity online. Some of us haven't seen much about it at all. Food for thought. Now, I'm kind of taking this as a, oh, well, you must be into this kind of rhetoric all the time, so that's why you're getting it through your algorithm. So I reposted or responded, Christy Powell, for those that live on this wasteland of a social media, that is true. It's especially true on the other socials with better algorithms. I periodically weed this mess out and rarely interact on Facebook at all. So it doesn't really know what I want because I don't let allow Facebook to understand it. Nice try, though. She responds respectfully. Brian, Facebook has access to all your activity. So even texts with friends and places you go have an impact on the personal world that, that they create for you. I've been studying and writing about it for years. It's sort of fascinating, albeit alarming. I responded, Christy, fair enough. But I think, but I thought TikTok 
was the dangerous one. And then this was the head scratcher. Ryan, maybe. Luckily, I'm not privy to the TikTok argument. But I do know Facebook has the beginning of, of a slow end to what we knew as normal life. All right, hold on. You've been writing about this and studying Facebook interactions for years now, but you're not privy to the TikTok argument? Well, Christy Powell, I'm glad you found the show today because I have an entire second segment devoted to the farce that is the TikTok ban, which is not what it is at all, which is a complete load of bullspit, and I will spread that out with conservative voices coming up in a little over five minutes from right now. But first, before we get to that, three pieces of audio I do for you at the end of every open. We'll start today with the most relatable thing And before someone jumps up and says, oh, my God, Brian's comparing himself to Jerry Seinfeld. No, not at all. But what he says here to Howard Stern, I can relate to very, very much. A little bit more on the other side. This is Jerry Seinfeld talking to Howard Stern. I'm never not working on material. So even, even when you're sitting with your wife, you're sitting with the kids, it's material. Every second of my existence, I'm thinking... Could I do something with that? That to me sounds torturous. Like you cannot let go. So if I came over to your house and we were hanging out, you're kind of really looking for material. Not kind of. I'm looking for material all the time. That's being at work 24 hours a day. It's neurotic. So when someone says to you, oh, you have it so easy, you're so naturally funny and blah, blah, blah. Yes, you are naturally funny and you do have that ability to figure that stuff out. But they don't realize the amount of work that goes into it. It's like going into the gym every day. It's hard. You know how you walk in every day and you go, oh, geez, I got to do this again. Yeah, it sounds like a tortured life. And you say it's it's not. It is. It is. It is. But you know what? Your blessing in life is when you find the torture you're comfortable with. Find the torture you're comfortable with and you'll do well. Yes. Thank you, Jerry Seinfeld. I've been saying that for years, that that's why I was so worried this year of where my brain might be, is that every step of the way of my day, I'm trying to figure out how I can create a story out of that. Not that has to do with me necessarily, but what has to do with my surroundings. Coming up in the final segment of the show, when I went to the doctor yesterday for my first follow-up since treatment, and there was a couple of things, one in particular, and I thought, boom, there's a thing. There's a story. There's an anecdote. And it's not difficult to point these things out. I'm not some kind of interesting, smart, intelligent guy. But I, when I work in, in, the, in the radio industry for years and even in the beer industry that I still have and will hopefully retire from, I get so con- irritated when people talk about um, hourly work and, oh, how many hours did uh, so-and-so work? Oh, oh, my God, he only worked like so-and-so hours. Like, you know, hey, Brian, how many, did you, how many hours did you work last week? Oh, I don't know. Um, damn near all of them. I'm basically always working on something, and I understood that very much coming from Jerry Seinfeld. This is today's worst idea. It's Michael Rappaport, who is always hating on Trump on social media. Well, this time he turns around, he's hating on Jill Biden, and I agree agree with him completely. It's today's worst idea. Dr. Jill Biden, I've been saying this from day one. You ain't no real doctor, okay? You ain't no real doctor. We ain't inviting both teams to the White House. Dr. Jill Jill Biden wants the Iowa team and the LSU team to show up at the White House because they both played so hard. The fuck is you talking about, Dr. (laughs) Jill Biden? There's no participation trophies. Maybe we should have the other person who ran for president be in the White House because he played and tried so hard. How would you like that? Would you like the person that your husband ran against to become president? to get a participation trophy and also come to the White House? It don't work like that. The Golden State Warriors ain't inviting LeBron James to the White House with them because LeBron James played so hard. Dr. Jill Biden, you ain't a real (laughs) doctor. Your husband's hanging on for dear life to still consider himself the president. Boy, ain't that the truth. And um, so this is in response to Jill Biden saying she might Uh, invite both LSU and Iowa, the two teams that played in the women's championship. LSU won, Iowa lost. 
blah, blah, blah. Some of the team's black, the other one's white. Blah, blah, blah. There you go. But that is Michael Rappaport, who would normally say everything about how bad Trump is, hate everything, Republican, everything, who then at, goes after the Democrats. That's how we used to always do things. And as I'm running late here in the open, the final thing here today, it's the coolest thing. This is from the 1980s, the possibly one of the greatest supergroups that never gets talked about, the Highwaymen, which is Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, uh, uh, Johnny Cash, and why that? And Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson. This is first you'll hear from Christopherson, then Cash from the 1980s. What is wrong with America? This is today's coolest thing uh it reminds me a lot of of the flag waving and choreographed patriotism that we had back in uh nazi germany a half a century ago the fact that we got a one-party system which is in control of all three branches of our government uh lapdog media that's cranking out propaganda for the administration and make a nazi blush other than that we're doing pretty good if you ask me, the, one of the illnesses is that there's too much money being spent on military and there should be more spent Absolutely. on education, Absolutely. welfare, young people, the, the, the children, the elderly, especially the elderly. Uh, there's always been a lot of things wrong with the country, but it's, it's always been our obligation and opportunity to help straighten those things out. Well, I love this country. I love America. As much as things change, they stay exactly the same. One last thing I didn't get to here quickly. If you are interested in seeing the Coachella Festival out west, out in California, YouTube has announced that they will be live streaming the entire thing. As we are now upon festival and concert season, I'm actually warm in the house right now. I'm not turning the AC on yet. I don't care if it's 75 degrees in here. It's not happening yet. Hashtag my month, and I am uh, happy to be alive. Coming up next. Oh, so they want to ban TikTok. Oh, TikTok's terrible. Oh, my God, the boogeyman. TikTok's coming to get you. Guess what? This doesn't have anything to do with banning one social media in particular, and I will give you six cuts from two different voices from the far-right conservatives to explain exactly to you why from that aspect, and I'll tell you why from a user standpoint and one of the most well-experienced social media users, me, right here. We're either tied for the most or I've used it longer than you because it's been virtually my entire adult life. And I'll get to all that coming up next. I slipped and fell into the wet concrete below. They buried me in that great tomb that knows no sound. But I'm still around. I'll always be around. Now more. Stone on air. It's about to get all stupid up in here. Stoneonair.com. Mr. Chu, would TikTok be prepared to divest from ByteDance and uh, Chinese Communist Party ties if the Department of Treasury instructed you all to do so? Congressman, I said in my opening statement, I think we are need to address the problem of privacy. I agree with you. I don't think ownership is the issue here. With a lot of respect, American social companies don't have a good track record with data privacy and user security. I mean, look at Facebook and Cambridge Analytica. Just one example. So uh, I, I do think that, you know, it is not about the ownership. It is a lot about making sure we have Project Texas, making sure that we're protecting and firewalling U.S. user data from unwanted foreign access, giving third parties to come in to have a look at this and making sure that everybody is comfortable. We're giving transparency and third-party monitoring, and that's what we're doing for Project Texas. Are you looking now for me? That was the CEO of TikTok. This is Green Sky Bluegrass. Of the saddest rhymes, like hard times when a loved one dies, oh, I believe the name of this song is called Windshield. I forgot to write it down. The headlining the bluegrass Three Sisters Bluegrass Festival. I mean, it sounds good. I'm not trying to be a hater. Not at all. Not even a little bit. And I understand the importance of bluegrass to the foundation of American music, Americana, and rock and roll. 
Not shortchanging that. I'm not discounting that. This is a little more raucous than uh, you're going to hear sometimes from the bluegrass world. I just uh, Sometimes it gets a little boring. Every song, when it starts, sounds like it's about to be Rocky Top. That part kind of annoys me. But this sounds good. Green Sky Bluegrass. So I've been meaning to do a segment on this for a while because the idea of banning TikTok started years ago. Started under the Trump administration. And then it just kind of quickly fell off. I'm not real sure what's all of a sudden happened here in the last however long it's been. Month and a half, two months, three months. Whenever it was that lawmakers decided to start having hearings on this and calling in people from over on the other side of the world to answer asinine, absolutely, absurdly, pathetically dumb questions from out-of-touch old assholes who don't have any understanding of the basic use of social media apps and the entire integral network that is the World Wide Web. And when I have trouble with it as an overall macro concept, who and I've been involved with it in my life forever, then you know 60-something-year-old uh, dinosaurs on Capitol Hill have no idea what they're talking about. And much of those uh, hearings were damn near comedic. Once again, one of those, it would be it would be hilarious if it wasn't so pathetically close to frightening how out of touch and how terrible our politics, our politicians are in this country. For years, I was so wrong on this. For years, I said, our politicians are not dumb. They're highly educated. Our con- the constituents are dumb. We are dumb. Us are dumb. And while I'm not going to take that back, because we collectively are pretty stupid, uh, I was giving too much credit to the to the somewhat just because they're educated types that are our lawmakers and our quote unquote leaders, which are really just lawyers. And then when I really started to think about how much I really appreciate lawyers, you got a good one. It's kind of like a cop teacher. Get a good one. You're good. You got a bad one. It's not good. And most politicians are law based, and all judges are just one bar step ahead on the test higher than the lawyers. And they have way too much power and just a basic working understanding of the law, even with those degrees. And then, then you get the, the Miss GED bimbo bird out in uh, Colorado and then Trailer Park Green, who are not law, law backgrounds, they're just blowhards. But anyway, I'll take a step back from there. I have been terribly confused as to this hate towards the TikTok app since the first time I heard it. Now, I understand the privacy issues and the China ownership, the ByteDance company based out of China. I get that. Ooh, the scary Chinese. Oh, my God, I'm so scared of the Russians. Like, oh, my God, oh, the boogeyman over there is going to come and get us. We're always so goddamn scared of everything. And while there is reason to have concern from both those two countries, no doubt, since when did the American government start getting into the business of caring about privacy breaches amongst social media apps? Since when did the government here in the United States of America get into the business of worrying about these apps meddling in our affairs and or our elections. Well, in 2016, the Democrats made up a bunch of stuff about how Trump stole it for, uh, th- through a collusion with Russia, like Don Trump had a collusion team with Russia and the Mueller report, which was such a farce. All right, and so the, the, the wheels have turned here now, and for some reason, there's bipartisanship with the banning TikTok movement. More on that in a minute from voices you likely, your jaw will hit the ground when you hear who I'm going to be playing audio clips for for you explaining what exactly is going on here. 
But social media apps have been invading our privacy, our smartphones, the the uh, iPhone first introduced in 2007. These things have been slow burning for over 15 years. And before that, the Internet was already keeping tabs on every single thing you did and didn't do. I'm really just trying to understand where all of a sudden now that we're all so worried about this. And not to mention, TikTok's the best social media out there. Yes, of course. It's got problems for the youth, just like all the social medias do. But have, hello, I'm over here screaming on Twitter since 2009. Have anybody bothered to stop and just really dissect what t- Twitter is? It is a more in-depth version of what what TikTok is doing, except you have to actually read rather than just watch videos. So dumb people tend to, to just, you know, drool while they scroll endlessly on TikTok rather than on Twitter, which is full of nonstop conspiracy theorists, hundreds of millions of bots, hundreds of millions of fake accounts, pornography everywhere with graphic long video clips all over social just go to twitter if you don't believe me look up anything google it's not google search within twitter or use google to do it whatever it is you want to find and you're going to find that filth unadulterated unfiltered unabashed completely right there for anybody who wants to pick up the app and look at it it's all there QAnon, uh, Pizzagate, I I can't even think of the nonsense that's been brought up over the last 10, 15 years. It's all there. And yes, hardcore pornography everywhere, all over Twitter. And they're following everything you do. And they have an algorithm which they have stolen the concept from TikTok to make them more like TikTok. They now have a For You page. Sorry, I don't have time to reset how all these work if you don't know what a For You page is. But that is a TikTok invention that Twitter has stolen. They're doing the exact same thing. Except Elon Musk, the super cool guy, he owns it. And, oh, that's funny. You know, it's, uh, oh, the libs are all mad or the uh, whoever's pissed off. We don't wait. Hold on. What about this propaganda machine? What about Facebook? What about now Instagram, which has also become a clone of TikTok? Facebook, one of the most unoriginal, non-innovative companies in the history of the business, in the space in which they dominate. They're probably the most uniqueless, most uninspiring of them all. TikTok got it right. TikTok clicks. People like it, and it's not new. It's been around since 2016. It took off in 2020. I am now on for three years. This is my social media of choice, and I have left the other ones behind. American-owned pieces of trash are just that, and then this Chinese one comes in. What's next? We buy a Toyota. China's going to come take us. The car is going to tell us what to do. Come on. Stop it already. Enough of this nonsense. And what is actually going on here? What is actually going on on Capitol Hill? What are they trying to do? Are they just trying to ban TikTok? Oh, that's what they say. That's what all the headlines are. Oh, no, 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 no. Not at all. And where did I go to find the information? I fact-checked it. I always look in all corners of the internet, but I wanted to show that I'll use all kinds of voices on this show to explain things even if I don't care for them at all. Candace Owens is one of the biggest pieces of crap online. She didn't even get registered to vote until 2020. She's a dullard of all dullards. She just so happens to be very photogenic and very charismatic, and she's black, and she talks uh, like from a white narrative, and therefore she's very easily employable, but she's also, I call her a dullard. She's dullard. She's not completely an idiot. She knows what she's talking about, and here's some clips from her most recent show talking about just this very thing. First, she doesn't like TikTok, and she's not going to you know, apologize or dance around that fact. I think I've probably been the most outspoken conservative against TikTok. What do I tell you on the show? TikTok is an online insane asylum. People are doing more and more extreme things for views on TikTok, and I also think it's shortening our attention span. I have been a strong advocate. I say if your child has access to a phone, 
you should personally, in your own capacity, ban TikTok usage. I won't allow my kids to have it. It's that simple. So you can imagine how absolutely thrilled I was when I heard that Congress was proposing a TikTok ban altogether. Wow, I thought, this is just too good to be true. And of course, it actually turned out that it was too good to be true. And I guess the first red flag was the fact that it had bipartisan support. When do you hear of there being bipartisan support for anything? Also, since when does our government care about people learning things that are bad on the internet. They don't care that America's becoming dumber and dumber. No, they do not at all. So what is this actually about? More from Candace Owens. And it turns out that this TikTok ban, as they're calling it, no, actually, it's the Restrict Act. What it actually is, is another element of wiping away the memory of American freedom. So let me tell you exactly what is in this Restrict Act. First and foremost, it gives full power and authority to the executive branch, the executive branch, to determine what and who is considered a quote-unquote foreign adversary. It would be the decision of the Director of National Intelligence and the Secretary of Commerce. And the Secretary of Commerce would get to pick a few of their friends, some of their homies and their friends, to join him or her in deciding who or what are foreign adversaries. So you have to imagine there will be an unelected board of people sitting back deciding if something is potentially a risk to national security. The Restrict Act. It is not a TikTok ban. It's called the Restrict Act. Do a quick Google search. She goes on to talk about what about other apps that the government decides that they don't like, and she uses an example of another app that I have used with some regularity, Telegram. Now, let's say that they decide that one of the applications that you're using, I don't know, let's say Telegram is bad because Telegram, by the way, was first created by the Russians. And they see that you're using Telegram to communicate anonymously about how you really feel about the Ukrainian war, despite the narrative that they have decided upon, which is that billions of dollars gets to go to Ukraine and Zelensky is a hero, but you don't feel that way. So you're on Telegram using an anonymous account and saying that, and you're able to do that because you have a VPN. Well, guess what this bill says? This bill says that if you're using a VPN and they try to access your tech at home and they can't because you've scrambled your router, well, then they're going to arrest you and they're going to put you in a prison for a minimum of 20 years or you're going to have to pay a fine. Uh, VPN, I believe, stands for Virtual Private Network. Uh, another case where the words might not actually mean what they say. A VPN might not end up being so private after all if the Restrict Act is passed in Congress. Far-right conservative Candace Owens, I don't believe, is being hyperbolic when she says that this is really an attack on our freedom. That is what this bill is. It is not a ban on TikTok. What it is, is a ban on freedom. What this is, is the American government emulating the Chinese communist government. In China, there is no free internet. They cannot gain access to the web to read another take or gather information about what their corrupt government is up to. Why? Because when a government aspires to become totalitarian, it is necessary to enslave the people that they govern to their preferred narrative, which is always a lie. They're always lying. So they need to make you, force you to believe their lies. What the Restrict Act actually is, is another incursion into the memory of American freedom. If this bill isn't stopped in its tracks, it is going to be your children that are one day saying, isn't it weird to imagine a world in which people just accessed the internet freely when they were just able to jump onto a website without fear of punishment or retribution from the government? This is not a case of some right-wing crazy person smashing pots and pans together online just trying to get people's attention. So maybe you're thinking, maybe a little skeptical, thinking, ah, okay, one rogue, usually far-right conservative kind of looks at this from a different angle, and maybe it's just one person who's kind of, you know, really embellishing what's going on here. Well, how about Mr. Conservative himself? He thinks he's the most important person in the world, certainly in the media. Fox News' own pipsqueak, Tucker Carlson. So this isn't about banning TikTok. This is about introducing flat-out totalitarianism into our system. Now, just because TikTok is so unappealing, just because it's a creepy, low-IQ Chinese plot designed to make our kids trans, and it is, it, that does not mean that the people trying to ban TikTok have your interests in mind. Oh, it definitely doesn't, or America's. This is not an effort to push back against China. 
It's part of a strategy to make America much more like China with the government in charge of what you read and see and with terrifying punitive powers at their fingertips. Now, we've seen this before from the national security state again and again. Confronted with a foreign adversary, for example, after 9-11, the federal government uses the opportunity to expand their police powers over the American population. And they do it under false pretexts, and they do it quickly by whipping people into a panic. Usually that's rooted in some truth. TikTok is bad, sure. Al-Qaeda was terrible, of course. But these measures are not aimed at stopping the foreign threat. They're aimed at controlling the American population. Okay, and they so, rush it through. Sorry. So so China in, and TikTok's not trying to turn anybody trans enough, Tucker. But his point is still there. The final one here I'll play for you. He actually plays a clip from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who he affectionately calls Sandy Cortez in a way to be belittling. And she says, we haven't even been briefed on this. Congress has not even been briefed on any of this. Watch. Usually when the United States is proposing a very major move that has something to do with significant risk to national security, one of the first things that happens is that Congress receives a classified briefing. And I can tell you that Congress has not received a classified briefing around the allegations of national security risks regarding TikTok. So why would we be proposing a ban regarding such a significant issue without being included on this at all? It just doesn't feel right. Okay, so again, in case you think we've gone crazy and we're defending Sandy Cortez, but the Sandy question that Cortez. she raises is real, and we want to be honest enough to say that. This may be one of those times, and they're common in Washington, where the solution has nothing to do with the problem and, in fact, degrades our free country and makes it something unrecognizable. He is not wrong from several things I pulled off here, make, makeofus.com, yahoo.com, several others that I don't have time to get into now. Um, this says, sadly, there's also never-ending stream of anti-sentimentism, racism, and xenophobia. There have been even been cases of ISIS using the platform to promote its extremist propaganda. Oh, yeah? How about all the times on YouTube and all the times on Facebook and every single day on Twitter? What happened to all these things? Oh, I don't know. How about Snapchat? A a, a an app, an American designed app that lets pictures and messages instantly disappear. So young people can sext and trade all kinds of vulgar and who knows what else kind of messages via a social media app that is generally completely encrypted. What about that? Also from this piece, here are some alternatives for TikTok after it just demeans it in every single way, which most of it is mostly factual. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying this idea that the boogeyman China's out to get us is just wrong. And the and the fact that this is a a ban on TikTok is a complete lie and a total farce. This source here, this this piece of uh, a scary you propaganda tactic, then gives you alternatives for uh, TikTok like uh, Triller, which I'm not familiar with. Dub Smash, I've only heard of. YouTube Shorts, which is just another version of of. Uh, it's the same concept that is TikTok and Instagram Reels, which 100,000 million percent has plagiarized everything that TikTok has already done so perfectly. TikTok is the most perfect social media app in the day and age that we live in. Are there security threats? Of course there is. Should you monitor your children online and their TikTok usage? Of course you 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 should. But I don't see people screaming out now about Pornhub and XHamster and RedTube and XNXX.com and every other piece of filth, hardcore pornography all over and all the propaganda sites and all the blogs and all the Reddit posts and all the other social medias. Hmm, crickets. What's the difference? They're American companies outside of Telegram, which once was Russian. I don't know where they are now. And this is China. And we can scare everybody into thinking that China's going to get us by saying we're going to ban TikTok. Think of this as the Patriot Act 2.0. Right now, we got bipartisan support in Congress that we're going to go after TikTok and ban it. It's the resist act or the what is it? The uh, uh, the restrict act. Oh, you can't say that uh, this is a bad thing because then you're you're anti-American. Then you're uh, you're sympathetic to the to the Soviet to the communist of China and uh, the, the Russia. No, oh, you're bad. Just like in 2001, when all our privacy was stripped outside of the internet world and the internet world as well, the little infancy that it was. 
oh, we can sneak this right on through and strip Americans of even more rights. You want to actually sit around and talk about rights being infringed? Hey, all your gun people and all the trans people and all the other, I want to scream about this today and God damn it, I'll never drink that beer again, guy. We want to have all those conversations. How about this? This is actually doing that. This is what this act, the Restrict Act, is actually doing it, and they're disguising it as this hatred of TikTok. And I will fight you. I will punch you in the face. I will scream if you take away my TikTok. It's the gift that keeps on giving in the online world of social media amongst a cesspool of absolute filth and garbage. Enough is enough. If you don't like TikTok, don't download it. End of story. As Coach Jim Place would say, end of verse. Coming up next, a combo slice of two stories written while in treatment a little over a month and a half or so ago, five to six weeks or so. It is another installment of stories maybe I shouldn't tell as they're on the way out with Green Sky Bluegrass. Look forward to seeing them in October. Got golf this weekend, got baseball on the tube, WrestleMania was this past weekend. It is the best time of year. It is hashtag my month. And as soon as I'm done with this show, I'm going to scroll TikTok for an hour just for the hell of it. Hang tight. I'll be right back. More of Stone on Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. How long does alcohol stay in the body? All right, well, physically, it leaves the body relatively quickly. It is job number one, once you start drinking, for the body to purge alcohol. It's like, ah, alert, intruder, poison, poison. So alcohol will leave the body within, you know, 24, 48, maybe max 72 hours. Emotionally, it takes a lot longer for your body to rebalance, especially if you've been drinking a long time. If it has had ever-present alcohol, there have been wirings in your brain that come to expect it and come to feel deprived if you don't have it. And that's cravings. That's why cravings can last a long time. It's part of it, at least. And here's the thing. It's going to take some time for your body to realize, oh, I'm okay. I don't have to be in this intense defensive mode all the time against the intruder that is alcohol. And so that process, it takes closer to two weeks. You start to feel much better and some people a month. But the good news, on the other side, you feel amazing. And it's Goose. Is it time we shed our weapons yet, my friend? Is it love we've drawn away in our groundless love? song's called Hunger Sight. Might be my theme song after this year. I listened to this over and over and over at first when I was in that treatment center because it was the first song I knew, so I listened to it a lot. And before I knew it, I was jamming to it plenty, but also dug deep into the Goose archives, which don't go that far because they've only been around since 2016. I think they have three records. Oh, I love it. I can't wait for Riverbank! Man, days like today, I wish I had a radio show. I could do this for a couple of hours at least. Man, I miss those days. 45 days sober today, meaning if today is Thursday the 6th, this is my 45th day. I'm going 15 more at least to 60, because that'll be 30 with assistance. That'll be 30 without. And the closer I get, the more I want to keep going. And I don't mean to sound at any point on this show or in real life walking around like I'm becoming some kind of preacher, because I'm not. I love to drink. I love to drink. I love the culture it brings. And I still want to be a part of it. I just haven't figured out exactly how my puzzle piece fits into that just yet. But I get more encouraged every day. And as soon as I start some kind of exercise routine, I really feel like I am going to be absolutely beaming uh, from ear to ear regularly with just 
a overall new bill of health at 43 years old in four days from right now. And that is God damn exciting. It really, really is. Uh, so I went to the doctor yesterday as my follow-up with my with my regular uh, every year, you know, two couple times a year. Uh, what do they call it? Just general practitioner, whatever the hell it's called. And um, and I'm still waiting on the lab work, so I'm guessing at liver enzymes and some of the other damage that I have done and been seen over the years. I can't remember where they all are. I think there's a little kidney issues too. Um, nothing at the time that was like, oh my god, you got you're you're in trouble, dude. But like, hey, it's uh, elevated. I'll get a better idea on that soon enough. But my blood pressure is absolutely stabilized. It is 120 over 80 or less every time I check it. I'm still on some medication for it that I'm trying to wean myself off of and see how it holds up after that. But I was spiking out at hyper pre-hypertension virtually every time, mid to upper level hyper, like dangerous levels of, of hypertension is just a more sophisticated word for high blood pressure. But that leads to chronic amounts of, of illnesses and potential really dangerous bad stuff if it's prolonged. And so I went um, to get that checkup and to kind of go through the medications of what I do and don't need to continue taking going forward. And I walk in the door. So going back to when I was talking about the coolest thing or the relatable thing with Jerry Seinfeld talking about everything's potential material. I walk in and I don't realize immediately there's this piece of paper and it just says, are you feeling these symptoms? And basically it's a COVID check. And I didn't notice it at first. I realized, oh, okay, cool. And then you just scratch a bunch of X's on it and hand it over to them. And they, they don't even hardly look at it. And this old dude, I don't know, 60-something years old, is standing kind of to the other side of the table in the middle of the room. Like, think of like of an island is where this table is in the middle of this waiting room. And he's like, oh, I can't, I can't believe we still have to fill these things out. This just, uh, and just mumbling under his breath. And it was everything I could say to just get with the plan, Stan. Come on, bro. Just mark X on like those five things and hand it over. It's a formality. All right. Stop it already. Get over yourself. Um, I was just, I wanted so badly to make a scene or at least show my disapproval, but I, Took the other road, which I believe was the best uh, choice. But once again, I've talked about this. I know on the radio show at the uh, criminal company I worked at uh, about a year, year and a half ago, Nuga Radio 92.7, run by an absolute, complete criminal. I cannot, uh, uh, I cannot prove that, but I believe that wholeheartedly. But I, I talked about it there, I know for sure, because I remember when Keon was in with me, we were laughing about it. So many times now, when I go see my doctor, they send in, for lack of a better way of putting it, a grad student. I don't know what else you would say. I have a feeling that the person, he or she, that I'm talking about, referring to them as a grad student, might be a derogatory thing to say. Um, but some kind of not doctor, but you could tell they've got like their school. They're just practicing there, right? They're just they're they're taking all the information in, so the doctor doesn't have to. And at first, I thought that was kind of annoying, but now I don't care as much. But this is now the third time at least, all pretty much in a row that I can remember, that he sends in such a gorgeous woman, this gorgeous young lady, to come in and talk to me about all my disgusting things that are wrong in my life. And the good news is, this go-around, everything's looking on the up and up. Everything is like smiles and thumbs up and like, hell yes, and like really good conversation. So this was this was actually somewhat pleasant. But like two years ago, I was having some terrible problems that I won't even begin to discuss. That I had to, at very graphic detail, explain to like a 24, 5, 3, 6, 7-year-old gorgeous woman all these things that I would much rather be talking to my weird old man doctor if I could, please. So this time around, I got that again, but it was a, a much more pleasant conversation, and those, la those labs will be coming in, and hopefully, I have a feeling they won't have budged mu much. It's only been six, uh, six weeks, I should say. But um, very happy about that. So let's get to these two stories real quick. I do want to hurry because I'm running late, and I know many people don't care about that, but I do. 
I wrote a bunch of stories in case you're just so happened to be listening for the first time while I was in treatment for um, a long-standing alcohol consumption problem that I had, and I'm getting along very well these days. But I didn't have anything to do. There was nothing to do outside of go to all these meetings and plenty of time to kill as I was inpatient for three weeks, 21 full days. And so I just dear diaried, and here's two of them. Back to back, I don't know what day I did the this first one. The second one was March 8th. I bet this one was right about that same time during that week. So I'll start with meeting and eating. These are stories I wrote basically to myself, now calling them stories maybe I shouldn't tell here on the Stone On Air podcast. Meeting and eating. I don't know if it's an exclusively American cultural thing or not. My guess is it's not. But collectively, we are obsessed with food. Even the most health-conscious person seems to have a love affair with food. How to make it, where to get it, how much does it cost, is it any good, etc., etc. Another particularly peculiar, a particularly peculiar thing in American society is nothing makes people want to discuss food more than when we're already eating it together. And that's before I even get started on the concept of Free food. Holy hell, people lose their shit over free food. Dinner is my favorite meal of the day. I generally hope not to be awake for any semblance of breakfast, but if I am, there are plenty of really good options. Lunch just pisses me off. There are not many things more annoying during the course of my day than have to stop what I'm doing and find some kind of meal that is satisfying, all the while dodging having to talk about it with onlookers and nosy types wherever this unfortunate meal has to take place. Examples, work, school, etc. I've always said the lunchroom, or the break room, is where intellectual discussion goes to die. Now, to say that it dies means that it had, to be, it had to exist to begin with. I generally don't like to be bothered while I'm eating at any given time. I loathe conversation while consu- consuming food. I'd rather you ask my annual salary than ask what I'm eating for lunch or quote-unquote, hey, what's for dinner? I say all that to say this. This effing place feeds you. 7.20 a.m. breakfast, 11.30 a.m. lunch, 5 p.m. dinner, and junk food snacks available most all the evening. All quote-unquote enjoyed by all the same people you spend the entire day with already, and everybody's got to be talking about something. Whether it's a small talk about the weather, parenthetically, and considering we rarely knew the forecast in this setting, that is seen as an actual relevant conversation. Whether it's talk about the weather, gossip about one of the current patients, one of the incoming or outgoing patients, or complaints about the facility, its policy, and or the staff, there's always something to numb the brain. This is what the Monday through Friday schedule looks like. 7 a.m. eat, 8 a.m. meet, 9 a.m. meet, 10 a.m. meet, 11.30 a.m. eat, 1 meet, 3 meet, 5 p.m. eat, 7 meet, 8 p.m. eat. Meeting and eating. That's virtually all we do in here. Oh, and smoke cigarettes. More on that later, which I'll get to in the butt hut here in just a minute. But seriously, 7.20, which means anywhere between 7.20 and 7.45, we're eating breakfast. Between 11.30 and 12, it's already time for lunch. We just ate, generally, oftentimes, a big breakfast for me anyway, because when you eat dinner like a senior citizen at 5 p.m. and all there is is to eat granola bars and candy bars and junk food and gummy worms at the end of the night I'm pretty damn hungry come 6 37 o'clock in the morning and then a big lunch and then a big and we just do this over and over eating and meeting and smoking which leads me to my next story maybe I shouldn't tell to wrap up today's show written on March 8th the butt hut It's amazing the powerful and then sometimes not so powerful grip addiction has on people. For many, it's benzos, cocaine, meth, opioids, etc. And for what feels like, it's alcohol. 
Then there are nicotine and caffeine. And while traditional smoking has been mostly publicly shunned, nicotine vape pens and all forms of caffeine are still huge business and hardly ever get discussed as something people should probably quit. I have smoked on and off for roughly 25 years. I'd say it's closer to 60-40 off on and have never developed a dependency on either of them. I certainly have cravings with cigarettes, especially when I smoke pot, um, but no more than a craving for a piece of chocolate or a salty potato chip. Sure, it's readily ava- sure if it's readily available, I might have one, but it's never something I have to have. Same for caffeine and or sugary drinks. It's actually even less to virtually never do I ever indulge in either and rarely have any real cravings. But goddamn, this place is a caffeine-swilling, caffeine cigarette-smoking factory. I have basically come to rehab to start smoking. It's disgusting, but it's true. As I write this on March 8th at 9.45 at night, I'm on my third pack of Camel Menthol Crush cigarettes since February 20th, and I didn't smoke my first couple days here because I hardly got out of bed. So that's roughly 45 cigarettes in 14 days. Ugh. Part of it's an alcohol replacement, quote-unquote, buzz. Part of it's herd mentality. And basically, there's not shit else to do here. There's only one place to smoke, and it's the only place where you can go outside at all, for that matter. It's a courtyard of types. Think the U of a large building and a 10-foot wooden fence creating that courtyard feel. There's several wooden benches, a couple plastic chairs, some gravel and grass with a red gazebo in the middle with a sign that says, Welcome to the Butt Hut. From an aerial view or an Instagram snapshot, it looks pretty cool. But I assure you, it's not. If the weather is nice, there's a radio blaring shitty local music radio, an eclectic mix of Rock 105, KZ106, or US 101. Hey, I guess it's better than nothing. As soon as every session slash meeting ends, the rush is on to the courtyard. Well, either that or to the medicine window, which is in the hallway that leads to the butt hut, so how convenient that it's on the way. A bunch of drug addicts and alcoholics all hopped up on meds, caffeine, and smoking cancer sticks down one by one to the soundtrack of Aerosmith, Keith Urban, or Shinedown. What's not to love, right? Three more small paragraphs and I'll wrap it up. The butt hut can seat about six to seven comfortably, which I put in quotes. In parentheses, I put comfortably in quotes because there's nothing comfortable about this entire experience. There's a small campfire-sized bucket full of sand and a kitty litter scoop for the cigarette butts, as well as a lighter on a string on the right side of the entrance. Remember how I said that the break room is the death of intellectual discussion? Well, the butt hut gives that a run for its money, but except in this space, add in story-topping types, swapping war stories of past drug use, arrest, baby daddy mama drama, and other generally unlawful reflections that is just plain irritating. In a facility where we're all supposed to be trying to get better, glorifying the past isn't helping. At least it's not helping me anyway. It's cool, though. These people are dealing with a lot and are just blowing off steam the only way that they know how. I'm not mad about it. I'll just be in the corner with my earbuds in, listening to Billy Strings or Goose, sucking on this disgusting camel menthol, being aloof, and minding my own business. No need to save me a seat in the butt hut. And that is today's dual stories that maybe... I shouldn't tell. And yes, I have not had a cigarette now in almost a week, and I have moved on to vaping. It's kind of like the old Uncle Buck line, which I'm not going to remember exactly. You have to be a certain age and a certain type to even know what I'm talking about. I quit smoking. I moved on to cigars. And then I'll move to chewing tobacco. And then I'll move to whatever that was. It's kind of what this is, but hey, baby steps, one week at a time. Haven't sucked in one of those disgusting smokes in almost a week now, and um, we'll see where it goes from there. 
There you go. Moved along quickly. Flew right on by. Thank you so much for being here. If you do find a place to rate and review, honestly, I would really uh, appreciate it. It would mean a lot. It would help um, different kinds of metrics. I don't really concern myself with that all that much, but most people do. And anybody who's giving you an advice on starting or doing a podcast would say, push to ask them to rate and review. Again, if you don't want to, totally cool. I love you so much. It's here, April 2023. It's getting warm. Masters this weekend. And I'll talk to you again next weekend. Not next weekend, but next week, I should say, which will be the 13th of April as hashtag my month continues. Thank you so much. I love you to death. Talk to you next week. Bye. Hanging on. Taking on.